following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
There are many of you today listening to this broadcast, Pilgrim's Progress, hoping that you will hear something that will turn your heart, that will bring healing to your heart. Many of you are in despair, hurting. Some of you are in a place where you've just stuffed it down and and you're just doing your life, but you're stuck. You know you're stuck. You know you're not going anywhere. Just the same old, same old. You need a change. But what's that mean? And where do you turn? And how is that change going to ever come to pass? Some of you don't hear from God. A man told me yesterday it had been a long time before he had heard any rhema word from God. And then suddenly God began to speak with him and give him very specific direction. I'm going to tell you why God began to speak with this man. God wants to speak. Jesus wants to speak by the Spirit to your heart, the rhema word that will set you free. We serve a Jesus who is filled with compassion, who is filled with concern for you and for your life. He died on Calvary that you could live. We find in the scripture story after story of the incredible compassion of our Lord Jesus. One that always comes to my mind is Jesus with his 12 disciples and with a great throng following him made his way toward the city of Nain. As he was coming in through the city gate, coming out of the city gate was another large crowd of people, a funeral procession. We find the story in Luke, the seventh chapter, It says in verse 12, And he approached the town gate. A dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said to her, Don't cry. This mother was weeping, brokenhearted. She'd lost her husband, And now she was losing her only means of support. She was losing her son. Jesus says, don't cry. He went up to the coffin that was being carried. And he told them to stand still. And he said, young man, addressing the dead man, young man, I say to you, get up the dead man sat up and he began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother verse 16 they were all filled with awe and praised God a great prophet has appeared among us they said God has come to help his people God has come 
to help his people. God has come to help you today. This message will set you free if you will follow the instruction that is going to be given to you. It will be life-transforming. There's another story. John the Baptist has just died. They're stricken with grief. And now Jesus knows they need some time alone. All of them, Jesus included. So in Matthew, the 14th chapter, verse 13, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He had compassion on them. Lord Jesus, I ask today that you would have compassion on every person listening to this broadcast. And I pray today will be a day of deliverance. I pray that today will be a day when you will speak to your people with compassion. For I know you love each one listening and your heart is filled with compassion for them. So mighty God, Lord Jesus, would you reach out now and begin to heal the hearts of men and women. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus is the compassionate God of heaven and nothing is too hard for him. He demonstrated this fact over and over and over. If you go back to Matthew, he's just finished the Beatitudes. Chapter 8. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Every one of you listening today, there is healing power for emotional brokenness, for physical sickness. There is power in the name of Jesus. Remember, the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It is the power, the dunamis, the dynamite, explosive power of God. That power can be yours today. Whatever your situation, there is a way through. There is a healing that is there for you. There is the mighty presence, not of a religion, but of a man, Jesus. 
the Son of God. Now I'm going to share with you what he has told us to do. And if you want the power of God to move in your life today, then you must do what Jesus has told you to do. It's found in Matthew, the 11th chapter. I'll begin with verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come, all of you. So there's no question about the inclusiveness of this. He is including you. He is including every person who will read this passage of Scripture and act upon it. You are invited. It doesn't matter how much you have sinned against God. It doesn't matter the mess you're in. It doesn't matter the complications of your life. It doesn't matter what the sickness is. You are included. And Jesus has said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest in the midst of all the turmoil, the struggle, the fighting, the anguish, the mental imbalance, the drug addiction, the addiction to fornication, or adultery, or pornography, or anger, or bitterness, or pride, whatever it is that's going on in your life today. Jesus is saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. If you're tired of the struggle, if you're tired of fighting, if you want rest and peace in your marriage, if you want rest and peace on your job, if you want rest and peace in your life, Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now I talk with many people who want something from Jesus. People who want healing, or they want a new job, or they want their financial situation turned around, They want their marriage healed. They want something from Jesus. But there is a truth revealed in this passage that is so powerful, you may have missed it. Before you can receive what Jesus wants to give you, you have to come to him. He's not going to come to you. You're going to have to come to him. Now there's a story in the Old Testament. I want to share it with you briefly. The context of this story is they're on their way to Cana land from the from the desert. They have wandered in the desert for many years. And now finally they are beginning to make their way out of it. But as they're traveling, 
along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. Numbers 21 tells us the people grew impatient on the way, and they spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? They're saying the same things their parents said, their fathers said, that caused them to die in the wilderness. They say, there's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. They're sick and tired of eating manna. And the Lord responds in verse 6 by sending poisonous snakes among them. And they began to bite the people of Israel. And many died a horrible death. The leaders, they, the people, they came to Moses and they said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. Now we find in the New Testament the meaning of this snake that was lifted up. In John, the third chapter, just as Moses, this is verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, So the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So Moses was instructed to put up a snake. Why? Because it represented the people in their unbelief, in the bitterness of their heart, and the snakes were killing them. And Jesus was going to come as a man and he was going to be lifted up. And when he was lifted up, he would save every person who looked to him. We come back to Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What would have happened in that bitter, barren place filled with venomous snakes? If a man was healed by looking to this snake and he went back into the camp and there's another man there and he's just been bitten and he's saying, I'm going to die. The man says, no, go out where Moses set up the bronze snake. I did. And when I looked at the snake, I was healed. All the pain went away. I was totally restored. See, I'm not sick. I'm not dying. And the man says, I'm as good as you are. I'm as good as anybody else here in camp. Why do I have to go in this condition, dying all the way out of the camp? I don't know if I can walk that far. He says, why do I need to go out and look at this snake? Why can't I be healed right here? 
No, he could not be healed there. He had to walk out of the camp. He had to look to that snake. Many of you want something from Jesus. You want a healing. You want to be restored in your marriage. You want an advantage of some kind to be granted to you. You want things to change at work. You want to change things financially. But you don't want to go out of the camp and humble your heart and look up to Jesus. Things cannot change for you. You cannot be restored. You cannot be healed and you will not hear from Jesus until you're willing to humble your heart and go to him. Now going to him is not difficult. It means getting down on your knees before him admitting your guilt, confessing your sin. It means coming to Jesus and receiving him as your Lord and as your Savior. First, you must do business with Jesus before he will do business with you. You haven't had God speak to you in a long time. If ever... You need to go to Jesus. What keeps us from going to Jesus? Our pride. I know of people right now that I that I care deeply about. They're on their own course. They're going their own way. And they want Jesus to bless them as they go on their way. There are even some who are involved in preaching the gospel. Some who are teaching, who are doing wonderful things for God. But they have not gone to Jesus. Because when they went to Jesus, they didn't like what he told them. And so now they're saying, no, that wasn't Jesus. That wasn't Jesus. That was just my imagination. And so now they have second-guessed the Lord. And now how can they ever be sure they hear from him again? They can't. Until they humble their hearts. Pride is the great sin of our day. Pride and anger, they go hand in hand. Angry that we're not getting what we want. I heard a man say, I'm already, and he named how old he was, and he said, I've got to get my life going. If I'm ever going to be successful, I've got to go get it now. I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to wait upon Jesus. I've got to move now, or I'm going to fail. And I can't fail. I will not fail. Oh, my brother, my sister, that's pride. You've got to get your life 
on. You've got to, you've got to go make something of yourself. That's pride. You will not hear from Jesus while you're in that mode. You may end up doing great things, but it will mean nothing in the kingdom of Jesus. Oh, it may mean great things in the church. It may mean great recognition and popularity. It will mean nothing to Jesus. The only thing that counts with Jesus is what is done in the Spirit of God. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Please, do you understand? In your pride, you have to go to Jesus. Some of you used to pray. You'd spend hours on your face before God weeping. How long has it been since you have gotten on your face and wept before Almighty God? How long has it been since you humbly bowed your heart and said, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Jesus, Look at my pride. He says, come to me. Without coming to him, your situation is utterly hopeless, and it will only grow more painful, more difficult, harder. One man said to me, the Lord is a hard man. No, he's not. He's not a hard man. He is gentle in spirit. He is humble in spirit. But you have to go to him. You don't go to church, although you need to. You don't go to prayer meeting, although you need to. You don't go anywhere but to Jesus. And you get on your face before him. If you need to, you find a man or a woman who will get on their face with you with Jesus, who will pray with you. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now I want you to see something amazing in this passage of Scripture. There is a giving of rest that Jesus will do for you. And then as you go through the process, there is a finding of rest. So there is a giving and a finding. Both are necessary. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now he has instruction for you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke. The only way you can be at peace is to be yoked up with Jesus. You aren't going to be out on your own. You're not going to be following your own wisdom and your own inclinations. If you want 
the rest that Jesus is offering you. Now, please let me let me just explain something to you quickly. That word rest in the Greek literally means a place of reclining, a place of of resting, a place the bedroom. I will give you my bedroom is what Jesus is saying. I will give you the place of highest intimacy with me. But now, from that place, he's saying, now take on my yoke. In other words, do what I'm doing. Give up your pursuit of the world. Give up your pursuit and pleasure of the flesh. Give up the things of the world. Get yoked up with me. I can guarantee you, if you're yoked in with Jesus, you are not going to go to NASCAR. You're not going to go to the football game. Jesus just isn't going to go there. You're not going to go to the movie houses and the theaters and the entertainment of this world. You're just not going to go there. You're not going to go to the dances. You're not going to go to the parties. You're not going to go to all the worldly things that are so filled with drunkenness and darkness. You're just not going to do it. Now, Jesus went to a wedding. He even gave him the wine. Jesus is not against celebrating the sacred marriage. Jesus also went to Levi's house where there was a large banquet. But what was that about? It was about announcing that Matthew was leaving tax collecting and he was testifying to all the others that he had gone to Jesus. Pardon me, that that he was going to follow, that he was going to be a disciple of Jesus, the Lord, the Christ, the Messiah. But just to go to a night of gambling, even with nickels and smoking cigars, guys, not yoked up with Jesus, you're not going to go there. What I want you to see is that when you come to him, weary and burdened, broken by sin, he will give you intimacy with himself and you will be utterly changed. You will become a new person. You will not love the old things of the flesh any longer. You will be born from above. John third chapter where he speaks with Nicodemus you must be born again you must be born from above you will become a new person you will love new things you will hate the things you used to love you will be transformed into his likeness it means repenting confessing getting clean now please be honest with me Are you right with Jesus today? Or is there sin in your life? Are you clean today? I ask people that question often and they'll say to me, I'm getting there. 
What do you mean you're getting there? This is not a a self-help process. This is a process of coming and utterly surrendering, giving up, letting go of your weapons against Jesus and your hatred of things of righteousness. This is coming and giving up the weary and burdened life of sin. Taking upon yourself the yoke of Jesus. You know what the yoke is. It's what fastens two oxen together as they plow the field. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. In other words, as you begin to walk with Jesus in this intimacy, in this oneness, in this compassion that Jesus has for you, you're going to learn all kinds of new things. And he describes himself. He says, I'm gentle and humble. In other words, I'm not going to lord it over you. I'm not going to treat you unfairly. I'm not going to call you to things you can't do. I'm going to have compassion on you. I'm going to teach you the way of the cross. I'm going to teach you the way of humility and gentleness. And it says, and you will find rest for your souls. In other words, as you take up the yoke of Jesus, he will begin to teach you. You will discover his incredible gentleness. You will discover his utter humility. And as you begin to walk in the gentleness and humility of Jesus, as you walk in his strength and in his power, as you are yoked up with him, you will discover the rest of your soul. You will find a place where there is no longer upheaval and concern and fear and anger and bitterness. You will discover a place of joy and peace. Because as you came to Jesus burdened, weary with your own agenda, weary with your own fears, weary of being responsible for life and for everything about it, some of you my goodness, some of you think you're responsible for getting the sun up in the morning and putting it to bed at night. You are worry warts. And Jesus is saying, look, come unto me. And as you come unto him and you get yoked up with him and you never get out of that yoke again, You never get disconnected from Jesus again. You stay in that relationship with him, no matter what the cost to you personally, no matter what it costs you financially, no matter what it costs you emotionally, no matter how other people respond and treat you, the world will hate you. But Jesus Christ will love you. And you're going to be yoked up with him and you're going to walk all the way through to Cana land in oneness with Jesus. Transformed by his power. 
made righteous, leaving all sin behind, all all jealousy, all envy, all demands. All demands. All ambitions. The way of the cross calls us to be crucified with Christ Jesus. When he spoke these words, a short time after he would be going to the cross, we go to the cross yoked up with him. It says, as you go through this process, you will find rest for your souls. Now he makes this astonishing statement. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. (laughs) Yes. I have walked in gospel ministry this year marks my 50th year and I can tell you this life of being yoked up with Jesus is a life of utter peace it's a life of his provision of his care today if you're weary if you're burdened got to get to Jesus you've got to go to him and humble your heart and say Jesus this walk is supposed to be easy my burden is supposed to be light but I'm being crushed by this you've got to get back to Jesus there's only one reason you don't hear from Jesus and that's because you're not going to him You may be going to the rituals of religion. You may be going to the religion of your fathers. You may be psychologizing the gospel. You may be setting it up in principles that you have to follow. Can I tell you, there is nothing harder in the world than being a follower of Christ when Christ does not live in you. The demands of the gospel are utterly impossible. But if you have Christ dwelling in you, it's easy. The yoke is easy and the yoke is light. When you get connected with Jesus, my dear brother, my dear sister, everything changes. I'm talking about an inward change in your spirit where you've let go of the pride and the ambition, where now you are willing to wait upon Jesus and he is utterly faithful to keep his word with you. So if being a Christian is hard for you, it's because you're not converted. 
If following Jesus is difficult for you, it's because you have not yet been converted. You do not have Christ dwelling in you yet, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and change you into the likeness of Jesus, and then you need the power and the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to lift the load. I know some of you have tried so hard to be a Christian. And if I were to sit with you, you would, with tears, talk about how hard you've tried. I want to tell you, it's impossible. It is impossible to be a Christian without the Christ in you. <clears throat> this is not about a religion. This is not about a set of principles. This is not about self-help. This is about a man called Jesus. This is about the God of our fathers who was called Jesus. Please hear me. This is personal. This is between you and our Savior. You can only be one, one by one. There's no such thing as a group entering into heaven. You enter heaven based on what you have decided about whether or not you would go to Jesus. And whether or not you would take up his yoke, whether you would learn from him, and whether you would find him to be gentle and humble in heart, and you would find that place of rest in your soul. It's taken me a long time to learn what I've just said to you today. No one ever said this to me before. But I'm telling you, it is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have the right to go to Jesus you are invited by him to come to a meeting with him. You are invited to have the weary burdens of your heart lifted from you. You're invited to take up his yoke and follow him and learn from him. Will you do that today? Will you lay down your pride? Will you lay down your agenda and your ambition? And will you simply come and follow Jesus? Today is the day of your salvation. If you will come to Jesus... Almighty God, 
I bring my brother and my sister before your throne. And some today are so troubled and so burdened and so hurt. They have been mistreated, abused, broken by others in their lives. They have been financially ruined. Some have lost everything. And today, Lord, they're saying, is it possible? Is it possible that I could come to Jesus and he would heal my brokenness? Is it possible that the serpent bites of my life can be healed and I can live a joyous life in this man named Jesus? Lord, would you speak to these dear ones? Would you assure them that they are welcome to come to you to confess their sins, to repent, to tell you of their brokenness and of their anguish? Some, Lord, are afraid because if they come, they think all is lost. They don't know how to make restitution for what they've stolen or what they've done. And Lord, you're saying to them, come unto me. All those who are heavy laden, burdened. O Lord, today is the day of salvation for your people. And I come today pleading for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to go out right now over and in their lives and whisper the words, Come unto me. O Lord, you are so kind, you are so merciful, so compassionate. And many listening to this broadcast have been fearful to come to you. But Lord, you've said, come unto me. So Lord, I pray that as they now get on their faces before you, as they now begin to pray, that you will send forth your Holy Spirit and minister to their sickness, to their brokenness, to their financial ruin, as they look to you lifted up, would they now, Lord, be healed of every snake bite, of every attack of the devil. And Lord, I with them put my full trust and my full confidence in you, Jesus, the Son of the living God. Lord, thank you. I bless your holy name today. Glory, praise, and honor belong unto your name. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. If you know that you need to get back to Jesus and you would like 
you would like to do that. You're welcome to come on Sunday to the Little House Church, the National Prayer Chapel, where we are meeting with the Lord, where we're praying, where we're seeking His face and waiting upon Him for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to come, you're welcome. Let me give you the phone number. Call and I'll give you directions for how to come. 703-489-1785. We're right on the Woodbridge Manassas border off Hoadley Road. Call 703-489-1785. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to have you come. If your heart is heavy, come and we'll pray together. Now, just very briefly, I invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. We stream live on YouTube, and the message by this evening will be up on our webpage. And you're welcome to go there. Wait for about an hour from now until this message is uploaded on YouTube. It takes them about an hour to get it up. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube. You can also go to our webpage. I want to speak briefly with you also about finances. This is a faith ministry. And if your heart has been touched by what you've heard and you know Jesus is calling you, we are still $1,630 short for this month of April to be able to pay the bill at WAVA, the radio station that airs our broadcast. So if you'd like to help, $1,630... Would you put that in the mail? You can mail it to National Prayer Chapel, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Yesterday we received a check for $25, another one for $85. It's the little checks, and there's a very large contribution coming that I've included already. It's a pledge. But after everything is settled out, we are still $1,630 short. So I'll leave that between you and Jesus. Would you pray about that? I'd like to be on next month again, but it's a faith ministry. We go month to month. We won't go in debt. Write to me, Pastor Ray, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll be praying for you. Pray for me. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Keep you from falling and to present you blameless.
before the presence of His glory with great joy, with great Jesus Christ.